you are still alive, I see. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm. Uh, it's uh, it's surreal being out from under all this stuff because you know Jack was two years and this went right into this one, which was three years. I mean, which is one year, which makes three years of just nonstop pressure. So it's it's uh, I'm a little lost right now. <laughs> it's very strange. <laughs> so you uh, need a vacation directly or? Yeah, yeah, I haven't made any plans yet, but uh, but just just really having the, the pressure gone is uh, is a vacation enough, you know. Just just going to the drugstore or the mall is is like Disneyland for me. You know? mm -hmm. Great. And so, yeah, what can you tell me about nonstop? I had started writing that before I left for Montreal to shoot X Men. Mm -hmm. um, I had about I don't know how many weeks I was writing, maybe about three or four weeks and then uh, um, and it was supposed to be finished we're trying to remember as I'm trying to remember it so long ago now because this was uh, easily a year ago um, and there was the idea was to was to finish the score um, and then go to Montreal and shoot X-Men and they kept delaying and delaying they had post-production problems and um, so I, I had a about half it written and had to leave and 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 they had to uh keep working on it sorry i'm rambling here so then the idea was well i'll go there in montreal and then work with my guy um edwin wendler who's uh was, does some work with me and um and and try to finish the score and well in the evenings and so forth when i got home from from uh the shoot and then they delayed more and delayed more and delayed more and my music editor made a joke she goes, knowing Joel Silver, you're going to finish this movie, come back to L.A., and they're still going to be working on it. <laughs> and and uh, certainly that's exactly what happened. So so even when I got back, um, we finished up the score and, um, and recorded it. And it was just basically one of those, it was very, you know, uh, creatively it's like, what do you do? It's sort of uh, people in a plane and, and – uh, you know, you try to be thematic, but uh, the idea is really just to keep pushing the pushing the the throttle, and um, to keep the uh, the momentum going, of course. And and in a confined environment, um, it's sort of uh, you can't blow your wad right up front because you have nowhere to go. So that that was probably the biggest challenge of the score. Mm -hmm. Oh, and yeah, um, how was the collaboration with Edwin? Was great. Well, well, um, I set up. I wrote all the themes, and I wrote probably three reels of the movie, or almost four. But then they recut the whole thing. Mm. So Edwin had to go into my cues and and um, kind of re redo them, and um, and update them to the new picture, and then um, sweeten them, sweet sweeten them with sounds of his own. And then where I was busy shooting, he would he would write some some cues and and um i would get home at night and watch them make my notes and go back to work and and that was sort of um the process mm -hmm. yeah but it was not the the first uh, collaboration with edwin uh, you know him since a few years right yeah i mean uh not to this extent he's never written so much of uh <laughs> with me on a collaborated so much uh, for such a large chunk of the score but um yeah over the years he's done a, a, um, some cues here and there yeah Mm -hmm. Great. And uh, how was the work with uh, the director? Well, uh, unfortunately, I was I didn't get to to, to um, work with him too much on this one because I was I was not here, and um, and uh, as the tragedy of 
working on a film as an editor goes with me, I he had to go off and do another movie, and I was unavailable. So uh, X-Men may have severed that relationship. So that's that's what happens when I go off to editing jail. As we know, it has many has many uh, casualties for me. So, um, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with that relationship. So he's, he's going on with that, Alan, which is a, who's a great guy. So Alan Silvestri. So, mm-hmm. but we got I don't know how many, many many we did It was five or six or movies we did together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about the X-Men. How was it for you to came back again to uh, into the superhero genre? It was great and awful, of course. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I, I you know, after being on Jack and being so burned out by it, I, you know, had it been anything else, I might have thought twice about it. But because it was X-Men, I was like, you know, okay, how can how can you pass that up? Because I I remember X-Men 2 so fondly. And um, the experience on that movie—it um, was an exciting time for me because it was—it was my first big thing to tackle, and um, and uh, and it was a very smooth operating movie where where we didn't have really much interference from the studio at all, and it just my in my memory of it is that is that it just went very smoothly, and um, and and also I became a big X Men fan because of that movie, um, which I hadn't been before because I, I you know I just I got into that whole world and felt. Sort of uh, after we did X Men Two, I felt sort of like a an ownership of that of you know of that of that world and, and um, of, of helping create that world, and so um, really wanted to pick up kind of where we left off. And um, yeah, the influence of the studio was uh, this time bigger. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me everything. Uh, well, you know, I it, it's. Uh, There was, uh, I, you know, the huger stakes in this thing, so much huger paranoia um, because of the money spent on it and, and the performance that it had to make as part of their formula. And um, because this is really, the whole idea behind this film was to reboot, you know, and reinvigorate the franchise and have it compete with the other uh, big Marvel films out there. So there was that pressure all the time. Um, Lots of second guessing, and then you put time travel on top of that, and that illogic, and it's just is like a merry-go-round of indecision because um, it's uh, you know I've said before it's like the whack the mole game. You solve one problem and you create another, and then and then so we just kept whacking, 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 whacking until until the smallest mole would pop up and we could live with that one, and then I would I would my job was like largely to try to plea for what I felt we needed to do and try to build consensus based upon what I felt we needed to do so that the ship wouldn't go off into some uh, strange place. So that, that, was, that was the main struggle. And it was, it was a very, you know, obviously complicated movie. So uh, the shooting of it was very difficult. I mean, we, would, we ended up, you know, sometimes making things up as we went along because we would shoot a scene and We'd realize that this doesn't really make sense. That then we shoot a different scene that wasn't scripted, and so, um, and then, and I'm desperate to do that when we're there, so that when we get back to LA, I don't have a problem film because I've got to write the score. So, try to anticipate uh, as much as humanly possible when we're shooting, so I, I could come back to LA with something that worked. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this, uh, your score sounds really different than the music for the X-Men 2. Um, what were yeah. the ideas behind it? Well, Brian uh, rarely has any sort of marching orders ever. He always responds to what I to what I present him and temp with. However, this time, 
he was very paranoid about being again being able to compete with basically the Chris Nolan esque superhero movies, and I was like, oh boy. So um, and um, so he just wanted the score to be more quote unquote modern, 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 you know, mm-hmm. and um, and I so. Uh, it, it that you know I took that not with a grain of salt I took it I took to, I took it to heart and so um, it sort of uh, becomes a different sounding score than than people might expect I mean it's it's got the it's got the motifs in it and it's got um, it's it's lyrical qualities but but generally it's 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 more of a dark testosterone-y kind of um, uh, well more modern score <laughs> a lot of more synthesizers in it I mean. Literally, we, we were sweetening a lot of uh, a lot of the cues I wrote with the orchestra, as opposed to sweetening the orchestra with synth, with synthesizer. We a lot of the cues were written with synthesizer already, uh, for the main thrust of the cue, and um, which was which added to the difficulty in writing it because when there's so little time to write a score uh, on a film like this, the fact that it has to be synthesized, a lot of it synthesized, even adds more uh, labor. Because uh, if it's just orchestral, I can just write really quickly, and it's all going to be reperformed later. But when it's written in the studio, and it's the final products coming from out of my my studio, it's uh, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very modern. Um, I I forgot to remember that uh, Hans Zimmer, and I'm very glad that you don't uh, use the dubstep. <laughs> use the what? The dubstep. The, um really modern elements in um, oh. Spider-Man, <laughs> for example. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't hear that. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I mean... Don't do uh, that. <laughs> so what is it? Um, the Amazing Spider-Man 2 is very... Too, it's too modern. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's true that uh, Christopher Nolan talked to Brian Singer, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, they did. How did you know that? Um, I heard rumors. <laughs> Oh yeah, and then they had a big music discussion. I was like, you know, I Brian would tell me, you know, I talked to Nolan, I talked talk to Chris Nolan about music. I'm like, oh my god, you know, and his whole concept of music and all that. And I was like, oh god, I'm screwed. But um, but uh, but uh, you know, I think I kept it my own. But also, you know, I I did what I had to do. You know. Hmm. And uh, how was it actually to edit the movie? Uh, were there any special or um, other special challenges? Any special what? Uh, challenges. Uh, oh, well, aside from the cross-cutting of future and past, which, you know, I mean, obviously that's the obvious challenge, but uh, I would say story logic was the biggest challenge of this film. Um, and things that we had to, over the months of having the film put together, we had to think about how to back-engineer uh, the storyline um, did you see the movie? Uh, not yet. Okay. Well, there, there's a, there's, you know, time travel already it's difficult, and so there's logic problems everywhere, and so, mm-hmm. and so that that was that was probably the biggest challenge editorially. I mean, intrinsically, there are sequences that are very difficult for me because because of all the simultaneous action occurring at the same time, actually within the same time zone. There's a nine-minute scene um, or sequence uh, in Paris uh, in the 70s, and and where everything goes down in basically a hotel room and outside a hotel room. And it's so many, it's it's such a multitude of simultaneous things happening at the same time. 
um, that I, I called the sequence Paris Clusterfuck because when we got all the footage in, I was like, what am I going to do with all this? Because nothing was nothing was planned in terms of what's going to be happening when. So I got a guy on the floor who's just been tasered and he's he's just writhing on the floor for the entire nine minutes. I got, you know, so you guys can't forget about him. And then meanwhile, there's a fight outside. Can't forget about that. Meanwhile, there's something else happening in the hotel room where Logan's losing his mind and then we're flashing to the future. Can't forget about that. And and so it's basically all these things. And um, it was it was quite a quite a job to to make that flow. And then musically it became the same challenge. So that's that's a uh, um, the, probably the longest cue on the album, even though I cut it down by a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, like I said, the 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 the, uh, the other challenge was story. It's um, it's uh, I, I saw it in the script and 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 raised the red flag, and no one listened, and then it became a huge problem, which was uh, which was um, something a character does um, near the end of the film that the character would never do ever, based upon the storyline we had. And when the actor went to do it, they were like, I would never do this. And then we had a whole shutdown that day with 300 extras out there having a writing meeting as to and trying to convince the actor why this actor was this, this character would do this, even though we all knew this character would never do this. Anyway, so then we we had to live with that and and, um, and the cut for, for a long time. And um, and then really in the last uh, few weeks of uh, of post production, we thought of a of a way to tweak the story and back engineer that moment forward, um, so that when the plan is hatched in the beginning of the movie, that it was designed to help that moment in the end. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's nice when you actually can think of these things beforehand, so the problems don't blow up in our face later, which was which is what I was hoping it wouldn't happen it did but, but anyway at the end it came out fine and and um and people seem to buy it so it's it's good mm-hmm. i'm very curious about the uh, movie <laughs> because yeah uh time travel stories i love them <laughs> and the paradoxes in that and uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um yeah is it true that Frank Singer was uh, directing the next x-men movie yeah i mean that's what i understand yeah mm-hmm. and was you on uh And editing and music? Yeah, it's mine to say no to, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. The question is, do I, I mean, I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll say yes. It just, it's, uh, it means another uh, long period of time without writing any film scores. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And also having a terrible personal life. But, <clears throat> yeah. yeah, what are your next projects? Nothing. I mean, I, I, I told my agent, do not call me for a while. I mean, I, I'm probably the only person in the industry who, when their agent calls, I'm full of dread. I <laughs> just like, just, I don't want to hear, I get, I get cranky. I'm like, what? what? What can you possibly be telling me I need to do now? But but um, I'm sure I'll feel like a loser in about eight weeks or so. But for now, I just I just, um, I just got to get a life back. You know, mm-hmm. it, it was literally three years of solid pressure. So. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, watch a lot of TV and uh, hear music and other things. In what? Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and do nothing. <laughs> That's great. Sounds right. great. Just sit back and watch South Park. <laughs> mm. <laughs> great. And yeah, we have new uh, five words uh, for, or five uh, directors, and you tell me what comes to your mind about them. Oh no. 
I don't see movies. But you know the directors, I'm sure. Okay. Um, Brian Singer. Producer. Hmm? And I hope I pronounce the name right. Uh, Jean Collier Serra? Mm. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, easy going. Um, Steve Miner. Golf. <laughs> you want the first thing that comes to my head? Or the second? <laughs> uh, well, it's because uh, it's a long story, the golf thing. But um, uh, he's another one who's very relaxed and easygoing. But um, uh, let's see. Um, Steve Miner, I would say television. Mm -hmm. Shane Black. I should say. <laughs> I was going to make a drug reference, but uh, because it was past, but I shouldn't. Um, well, let's see. Clever. Mm -hmm. And uh, not very serious. Uh, John Ottman. Psychotic. <laughs> Great. And yes, something a little bit different. In one of your previous interviews uh, about Jerry Goldsmith, uh, you told me a lot of, about Night Crossing. And now the sea is mine, and I want to say thank you uh, for your tip. Oh, cool. This score is really brilliant. It's, I love it, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I heard it about, a lot, and I love it. Great music. I get chills just talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And um, last year I was in Berlin and uh, visited the uh, Bandler block, uh, the place where Stauffenberg uh, died and the other okay. men. And I heard for Courier and it was very, very, very touching. And wow. Well, <laughs> oh, you hadn't heard that before? Uh, of course, but at this place it was. Oh, 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 oh. Did, they, did they play it there? Uh, no, I had it oh. in my uh, MP3 player, and um, <laughs> okay. I need music when I'm out, and uh, yeah. And I thought it's a good idea to visit a place with the, with the music, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was strange and very touching. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so that was it for our questions, and yeah, I would say uh, thank you for your time, and to see you. Sure. Is that a bird you have or are birds? It's birds. It's nighttime there, right? It's evening and yeah, the are birds outside and... <laughs> You're kidding. No. Oh. It's uh, around uh, 8 p.m. and yeah. And they're still tweeting. Wow. <laughs> that's cool. And that's mid, in the middle of the town. Uh, I wonder where they are, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I love it. Okay.